Welcome to the Enjoyably Futile Podcast, the sister show to the University Challenge Claxon Game over on Twitter. Cue the theme tune. <laughs> nice one. Welcome to episode 21 of the Enjoyably Futile podcast, the sister show to the University Challenge Claxon over on Twitter. Uh, for anybody who is new to this podcast, if this is your first time uh, experiencing the uh, Enjoyably Futile podcast and you don't know anything about the University Challenge Claxon, the idea is really simple. On a Monday evening when University Challenge is on, what we try and do is just predict some of the answers that are going to come up in the show. It's as simple as that. People have a theme, some people don't have a theme, but it's just a lot of chaos and it's great fun. So in this podcast, I'm going to be looking at episode 29 and 30 of University Challenge, and then I've got my guest Kieran with me today, um, so we'll have a little bit of a chat with him later on. So, in episode 29 of University Challenge, that was between Maudlin and Warwick. The Maudlin captain was Lawson, and the Warwick captain was Rout. Um, this, was a, this was a really good game, actually. Um, Warwick won this game with 200 points to Maudlin's 160. Um, so, it was a good combined score overall of 360. Um, and both of those teams have been really strong. Um, Lawson stood out a few games ago as being someone who I think was going to do quite well in the in the overall game so um i was surprised to see him you know beaten however it was the same with a few people we saw um we saw con get beaten and we saw web get beaten a few few episodes back again um so i think there's all to play for in these quarterfinals now in terms of the university challenge clacks and i'm not sure if you spotted this one kieran but we had a record 15 winners in this episode it was absolutely ridiculous so Giving all of them a shout out, we had mostly book chat, Andrew underscore Cowley, Miss D Cox, Little My 2020, Scarlet Angel 77, Neil R. Patterson, Mr. SK underscore primary, Very Andy 76, Joanne M. Lloyd, AJCE5, I'm on the net one. I quite like that username, actually. I am on the net one. That's quite fun. Haley underscore Owl again. That was her fifth win from five games. She's only been playing for five games and she's won five out of five. So absolutely outstanding from her. Um, we had LL Cool A. Uh, Croftius, and I had to, I did a really late VAR check on this one. Um, I remember this last person, she messaged me to say, did her answer come up? Um, and it took me a couple of days to get back to finding it. But after a VAR review, after three or four days, uh, Victoria Casten 3 also won with Y, taking us to a grand total of 15 winners for that week. Um, and <laughs> apart from being the biggest set of winners, it was also the biggest set of people who have claimed a badge. Um, which has caused me a bit of an issue, to be honest with you, because I, I'd only ordered an extra 30 because I wasn't sure how well we were going to do towards the end of the <laughs> towards the end of this series. And I'm probably going to have to put another order in now, which is a bit annoying because the company that I ordered them from is based over in Spain, I think it is. Um, and through some some random postage system <laughs> they managed to send things uh, if you go onto their website and you check your own details it actually said there's there's a few addresses on there and one of them says do not delete because i think they send them via other countries to get them to us um so that was, that was a really good set of wins um and a good a good win from warwick there so then moving on to episode 30 we had uh king's london uh against imperial now the king's captain was Jackson, who reminds me a little bit of you, actually, Kieran. If you've ever, if you've ever seen him, <laughs> um, 
And again, Jackson, when when I saw Jackson the first time he played, he he stood out as being a really strong captain, a really strong overall player as well. Um, but he was against uh, Imperial's con and Imperial absolutely smashed this game. They got 265 points, which I think looking back over all of them is only 20 or 30 off of the biggest score this series. So it was a really big win for them. Um, and Kings didn't really get going. They only scored 85 points. Um, and what was more impressive about Imperial's win is the fact that they they won even though I know that one or two of their players buzzed in and actually lost quite a number of points as well. So if they hadn't have buzzed in, they would have had an even bigger score, but they still managed to win that one. Um, so that was, a, that was a, a really good, impressive win from Imperial there. Not as many winners. We had five winners that week, which was Kathbrov, yeah, Kathbrov, uh, Jay McCrone, 92. I think it was his first time playing as well. Another lucky first-timer. There's been quite a few of them this series, actually. A few people who have just kind of piped in and had a go and seemed to have won on their fir first game. So well done there. Uh, and I've got to check and read this one properly. This is Gordon C. 157.54.121. Now that's a username, isn't it? <laughs> that's a great one. Cy uh, underscore at and Mr. ARC Maths. So well done to all of those people. We are getting, we are edging ever closer now to the semi-finals and the final is only um, seven episodes. There's only seven weeks left of the series so good luck to everybody there so as you heard before i am joined by my guest so we're going to start off with a couple of questions and have a little bit of a chat about uh university challenge and all things enjoyably futile so i'll kick off with a really easy question for you here we go what is your name and where do you come from uh, yes i'm kieran michael um, born in scotland raised in the north of ireland and probably about 13 or so years in the in the southeast of England. That that's a nice roundabout way of uh, getting to the southeast of England. How um, how did you end up in Northern Ireland then? How did you end up from Scotland to Ireland? Uh, dad's Irish, mum Scottish. Right. Dad was living in Scotland. I think they moved back when I was two. You know, but you could never sort of shake that uh, that sense of national identity. Although Scottish and Irish is pretty um, pretty similar. They are they're very similar in there, especially when it comes to rugby and England. <laughs> let's uh the, the the less we say about that the uh the better <laughs> especially at the minute during the six nations talking to the six nations if you, if you had to pick an allegiance because obviously you've got three three nations there what what is your what how, which way do you lean or does it depend on does it depend on who's playing so i think i have a system whereby depend on when the ireland scotland game comes yeah whoever wins that will be the team that I push for, um, or depending on who is winning, when when that game comes, yeah, I'll, I'll push one way or the other. To be honest, with my friends back home, they're they're quite big Ireland fans, and so I will play the Scotland card when it looks like <laughs> a chance against them. And um, but they, but they give me some stick for it, you know. So they're all like, you know, you got to choose somebody. But um, basically, the Six Nations, you know, there are lots of countries, um, yeah. You know, that, as long as there's good rugby being played, like it's good to see a strong France team, um, back again because. With that, you know, when the stronger the teams are, the better oh, the competition. It makes it so much more entertaining. And and do you know what? Watching the way Scotland have played um, their first two matches, um, I know they didn't quite get over the line against Wales, but they they've been playing some really fabulous rugby the past uh, past couple of years. Um, in all honesty, which is really really nice to see. Um, and actually, Italy have been improving. Um, I think they just they haven't quite got the full eighty minutes, have they? To to properly get themselves over over a game line just yet but yeah it's 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 going really well 
um I, i'm the same i i grew up in the northwest of england and i now live in south wales so my allegiances are always a little bit tricky and i'm the same as you when when wales and england play um it's always a little bit fractious in my household <laughs> I've, I've just got to kind of sit in the corner and be quiet but there we are <laughs> um uh, what do you do for a living uh, so currently, I'm sort of the math specialist and collaboration lead across three schools in Northwest Kent. Okay. And um, so basically, that means I support the math lead of, the, of these three schools. Yeah. And um, in supporting their teachers in their professional development. All right. Day to day, that 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 means um you know lots of team teaching, demo lessons, planning sessions, you know, basically just incremental coaching and also taking the teachers on bit by bit. Yeah. So I think if I could choose one thing to do. It'd be working alongside other teachers helping them improve. That's that's a, a really nice thing to do, actually. That that's, that sounds like a a good next step out of the classroom, actually, rather than just going straight up into into management, as it were. You know, taking taking the time to work with people and coach, um, which sounds like a really really positive thing to do. The next step was was head teacher, and I was yeah. thinking, do I want to continue to focus on teaching and learning? Or do I want to go into that? What is essentially more of an administrative role? Yeah, and um, and so as luck would happen. Or as luck would have it, and this role came up, and I thought that's perfect because I can combine my experience of maths with, uh, you know, stuff I really enjoy. And, you know, it's it's been really good. And I think, and um, you know, I think the teachers enjoy having someone around to sort of, you know, throw ideas around with and stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's that's been a real shift over the past five or ten years in education, isn't it? Is is that people are starting to come out of their their bubbles a little bit more and are more willing and open to 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 read and research and work with other people if if, if they can see a benefit to it if they can see forward movement in in their own practice in attainment in their own school then absolutely i think th- those sorts of roles like the, that you're doing now are probably more valuable than i think a lot of people maybe would have put um value on 10 years ago say for example i think that that idea and also that idea of still of being out of the classroom but still working on teaching is i think really positive that's a really nice thing to do nice um which university or universities i've always got to remember to say universities because i always forget that some people have been to more than one university and done more one more than one course uh, so which university or universities are you alumni of um, so I have a BA from St Mary's University College Belfast, okay, and um, on the Falls Road, and um, I I did a postgraduate primary mathematics sort of uh, course. Uh, it's known as the MAST, which is the you know, and uh, don't 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 ask me to remember exactly what it means, but that's from Christchurch in Canterbury, right? Okay, um, and then and then I'm currently back there studying for a doctorate in education. Oh, nice! And um, at Christchurch, and um, but it's it's you know, very new. Very much uh, learning the ropes about sociology and all this. Uh, yeah. Dense but interesting things. Fantastic. Uh, what What was your first degree in? So it was it was literally just the B Ed. So it was in primary history. So right a third of it was history, and then the rest was primary education. So we did four teaching practices nice. over you know the course of the year. Yeah. So superb. What's um What is your what you uh, focusing on with your doctorate then what's the is in, in as in as short a space of time as you can because obviously things like this can take forever to to explain but in kind of layman's terms what would be the the kind of main focus of what you're looking at uh, well one, one of the benefits of the course is that it's five years with the first two and a half being taught right so at the, at the minute we're going through a certain number of modules before the final module is is what essentially would be your phd thesis you know so i have in mind a few ideas 
you know, but I had another three years essentially to decide. And um, so at the minute I couldn't confirm or deny you know, what my focus <laughs> would be. Um, but I know that every module brings me a little bit more understanding of um, you know, the level that we're sort of expected to operate on, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll see in a couple of years time. Again, that's, 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 that's a really positive thing to be doing kind of, kind of easing yourself in a little bit and taking your time and kind of finding finding your way which is that's, that sounds like actually a perfect way of running a, a course as long as long as you're willing to to commit to that amount of time to to learning and kind of investigating i suppose and kind of finding your feet in terms of what you want to do um, and like you say kind of getting yourself up to the that working level because it is, it is a next step isn't it it's a it's a challenge working at that academic level um uh, just 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 in a kind of writing sense in a research sense isn't it it's a it's a big take a big undertaking sorry nice yeah a lot of the people in the course have said that then um, it's been a long time since they'd written academically yeah so i think having you know the first module was on sociology so you could choose something you know reasonably easy to access and then write a big four thousand words and that's a big difference from what you're going to have to write in the end you know yeah. if you're going straight in at you know tens of thousands of words and so I can see that being really useful. And, and for me, it's stuff I've never re really read before. Yeah. You know, I think the current modules on critical theory, and it's it's totally new, but it's 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 absolutely fascinating at the same time. It's a it, it's a good model. I wouldn't have been ready for a PhD. You know, let's go in and do, and um, research straight away. Yeah, know, I, I'm really glad of the Yeah. Of the, so did you have you done a master's, or is it kind of working through master's level stuff? Is is that kind of the thinking? Is is or have I, am I on the wrong end of the stick? No, I think you're right. Um, I think, you know, obviously the the assessment is based on, I think it's level eight is what a, a doctor will work on. And yeah. master's might be somewhere between five and seven. And, um, you know, so a lot of the CPD I've done in the past would have amounted, you know, for instance, the master's is master's level and various other leadership things. Yeah. And um, so I think, you know, they do take account of the fact that that's where you're coming from. And then... You know, eventually, you know, as I say, in a year's time, the expectation will be you're, you're writing it. I think it's level eight. Yeah. You know, consistently. You know. Nice, easing you in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Superb. Um. So we are here because um the podcast stems from watching and playing along with University Challenge. So, what are your experiences of University Challenge? Um, either growing up or now, is it something that you watched growing up? Is it something that you were aware because I've, I've had people on in the past that only really started playing it after they'd gone to university is it, is it something that you know tell us about that and um, i i think like a lot of people and um, i've got memories of watching it with family when i was young yeah and um, my dad always did the thing where he had the subtitles on so if you weren't in the same room as him and the subtitles were ahead of the game he it would seem as if he knew the answers to these questions <laughs> you know so obviously the, the first time he does it you think well how much does he know uh, but you know, you, you only be fooled by it once. But you, you know, he always tells the story of how he did that to his own mum in the sixties or whatever, or the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's probably the strongest memory. <laughs> that's that's um, a proper dad trick, isn't like, it? And I remember we, we <laughs> yeah, and, and he mentions it every time we go home. You know, we'll we'll watch um, the Christmas special normally, and um, because you've got the celebrities on, yeah, and during that period we're home, so you'll, you'll get it on every night and stuff, and. I haven't really watched this season because of the screen time during the second partial closure. Yeah. So I've been really limiting how much I watch and um, because I'm, I'm on screen, you know, 95% of the time in work, you know, but I do have them all saved on, you know, whatever 
catch up uh, system the TV's got. And so I, I, you know, I'll probably try and catch up before the final. And certainly, you know, listening to your sort of summaries, pick out the the really good games because it sounds like um, that was a really strong performance on uh, on Monday night. Yeah, Mon- Monday's was particular. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like they, you know, they controlled the time, they controlled the clock, yeah, the whole way through, and even with getting questions wrong, and um, you know, so and um, yeah, but normally it's probably one of the things. It's it's a regular sketch. Um, feature of my schedule each week nice um when when you get the chance to join in with the klaxon game do you have a um do you have a strategy for choosing answers i i are you someone that picks a theme or are you a complete randomer like me i think it will basically be based on what i've been reading about that week and um, um, but i also try to cover most of the bases you know i will have somewhere somewhere you know geographical something historical yep. you know the music around and but also try to get it so that your answer could come up in different questions as well yeah if that makes sense yeah. <laughs> you know because if you get a, if you get a river you know say you go down you you could have the song as well as the uh, yeah as well as the... <laughs> it's a clever it's a clever way of playing the game there's 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 a few people that go down that route some um mercury comes up a lot as an answer um just because there are so many different op- options for, for mercury um, you've got science, you've got music, um, astronomy. There's all sorts of different things that come up with that. But yeah, that's a, it's a solid uh, it's a solid strategy. Just um, talk, looking at things that you've been interested in. Um, one of my one of my favourite entries from a few weeks ago was someone literally just kind of sat in their living room and looked out the window and just picked <laughs> just picked stuff. And I think they won actually. They they, they won with a colour randomly, but they just looked out the window and just picked random things they could see, um, which kind of. It, it does work in in a way, but I th- I think you're right. You have to kind of cover some of the bases, don't you? There's there's always if you get into the mind of the question setters, you you know that there's going to be an art question, you know there's going to be a music question, you know there are going to be mathematical and scientific questions, and there's usually something to do with maps and flags. Almost always something to do with maps and flags, um, and rivers. Yeah, ri- rivers were were a big winner. Um, I'm not sure if anyone noticed actually last Monday in episode thirty, um, Matisse came up as an art question uh, and someone won with Matisse um, and actually just as the bo- as the gong went as the clacks went right at the end Matisse was another answer um in in a totally different question Matisse actually came up more than once um which is a, a, a quite a rarity I think it doesn't happen that often but yeah things like well-known well-known artists and composers are always a shoe in um yeah so Someone once described someone once described playing the University Challenge Claxon as being enjoyably futile because it's a it's a fun game to join in with, um, but for a lot of people it can be quite a futile thing. Um, there are some people who've played for a very very long time and have never won. There are some there are some people who've been playing for a long time are starting to win because they've played the same answers over and over again. Um, so I think enjoyably futile is quite a nice way of looking at it. So is there anything else in the world that you can think of that is enjoyably futile, that is fun, but is ultimately futile to take part in? Um, so I've got one really good answer for this, but this was a tough question because <laughs> um, I reckon most people would consider my hobbies a bit, uh, a bit futile, but right. I enjoy them as well. You know, for instance, um, learning a South American dialect of Spanish during a pandemic. You know, there's no way I can possibly use that. <laughs> um, That's possibly one of the most random things. <laughs> Did you just wake up one day and go, mm, do you know what? I, I really fancy learning South American Spanish dialect. Is that, is that, is that what happened? Was it like a, just a, you had a, a, an epiphany? 
the the opportunity presented itself and I, and I sort of took it and you know I hadn't really looked back I think it, you know it wasn't at the start of the pandemic but I think it started in May 2019 yeah. so most of it has been in that lockdown scenario um, <laughs> now, you know, now you um, said that you said the opportunity presented how did this opportunity present itself and just there was um, someone who was willing to sort of teach me and I thought yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll go for it I'll jump in there nice and and you know, also at the minute, the most recent thing would be in learning to produce music. And, okay. You know, at thirty-five with two kids, you know, because I'm never <laughs> going to be one to beat that. You know, and but it, but again, I find it really interesting. Most people think, why are you sitting watching those demo videos? You know, there's a course on Udemy yeah. about how to use Logic, and you know, so I, I, it's probably both both pastimes are pretty futile. But they're my opportunity to switch off from thinking about school and stuff. Yeah. So and, definitely, but, but the. The um, the most enjoyably futile thing I could think of is um, is supporting Gillingham Football Club, and this is something I've sort of come into through my friendship group as I moved over here, because there's never any investment, you know. So they get just enough points to stay in League One. Yeah. And but if you go to the game and you're in the arena, man, you know there was a guy reading the newspaper the whole way through. He was almost there just to get out of the house, probably. Just he didn't want to go. Well, yeah. Yeah, switch his phone off, and you know, because the Raider men's were the sort of the season ticket holders, the diehards are. Yeah, and he was he was reading his paper, you know. But sometimes you'll go, and it'll be uh, there was one game where it was one each in the 88th minute, and the game finished four one, you know. So you know, there, there'll be a lot of time where it's nil nil for a long time, and then all of a sudden <laughs> game come to life, you know. And um, but I, so I can't really see anything more pointless. But I do have a lot of friends who really enjoy going, so I go with them. You know when it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds supporting Gillingham sounds almost exactly the same as supporting Tramia Rovers, because um, I, I I grew up on the Wirral, um, and Tramia would be my my proper local team. Um, but for for but almost exactly the same, there was there was not enough um, not enough investment, and they've got this huge um, Prenton Park is this absolutely massive stadium. You know, it fits loads of people in. But at one point, a couple of years ago, they were completely out of the leagues altogether. They they, they were comp- a completely non-league club. Um, but I, th- I think they're very very similar in that respect. That you know they'll they will just about scrape through games, and they'll you know they'll maybe score a goal, and that's about it. And and have just enough points to stay in the league they're in, but they don't go up, um, and sometimes go down. Nice. I just yeah, just in um, you know League One. There's normally about eight points separates the top six from the bottom six. And, um, you know, it's, it's this wonderful magic trick all those teams do. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've seen Tramier on their travels. You know, as they were going up and down the leagues. Yeah. And, yeah. But then um, John Aldridge was a Tramier, wasn't he? So, yeah. You know, boyhood hero and always got to, you know always associated fond things with Tramier Rovers. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 an interesting. They're they're a very well known club, but they seem to have. Um... They seem to have just not been able to get back up to to, to their standard. A bit like um, Portsmouth or another team that went from Premier League and winning, um, I think it was either the FA Cup or the um, the other one, what is now the Carabao Cup, I think it is now, and and are all of a sudden now in League Two, I think it is. You know, they 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 were right at the top of their game, and then all of a sudden just seemed to disappear. But I th- I think, like you said, it's it's all down to investment these days isn't it in football i suppose that kind of makes supporting some football clubs any football club apart from big premier league clubs almost enjoyably futile isn't it because unless you've got that massive billions worth of investment the it's it's very very difficult to 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 get anywhere nice um so you've you've mentioned about um supporting gillingham and people going to the rain amend um and i give uh, anyone who's a guest on i say anyone when i remember (laughs) 
I give people the opportunity to to choose a title for this episode of the podcast. So you've gone with In the Rain Amend. Um, would you like to explain that? Or I, I'm sure we could guess it's probably to do with supporting Gillingham. But I think it's, it's just because whenever you think enjoy me futile, I think of that guy sitting there reading his paper in the rain amend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that, that, that was that was like the first thing that came to mind. And then, you know, the more I think about it, <laughs> I was totally perplexed at the time, but I, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is outstanding, just getting out of the house and that, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm going out, even if I don't want to be there, but I'm going to read my paper and have a quiet, quiet hour and a half, quiet 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's tickling me that. Um, I also give people the opportunity, um, anyone who comes on the podcast, uh, I give people the opportunity to um, share and plug anything that they're involved with. Now, I know you're, you're, you you um, are involved with, I say involved with the other kind of the mastermind of uh, thinking deeply about primary education. Um, and am I right in saying the, fir- the first thing for that was actually you wrote a book, which was thinking deeply about uh, primary mathematics. Yeah, that's right. Um, initially, I wrote the book and then thought about ways that I could bring the book to life. Because yeah. there's a lot of talking about um, models and images and mathematics and sort of helping sort of inexperienced teachers with their CPD. And I yeah. thought so then sort of started doing some videos on YouTube. You know, obviously, the, the pandemic gave us more opportunity to develop our tech skills. Yeah. And I thought, well, actually, I, I can record a sound file here. Why don't I just chat with people I think are really interesting and about education? Um, and yeah, so it, I thought, well, the, the name, let's just change the final word and make it, um, you know, not just math specific. Yeah. And so it's something that people want to engage with, you know, they can. And um, but at the very least, I get, um, you know, a lot of interesting conversations with them, um, with teachers and, and they help my CPD. You yeah. Know, so. Nice. Um, and for, for anyone listening, because um, I, I, I have a copy of your book um, and it is excellent. If, if anyone wants um, any kind of support cpd with with primary mathematics it is definitely a place to go it's a it's a it's a tome as well it's a it's a a a real um what's the word i'm looking for it's a real achievement in in writing you know it's not a because you see some you see some educational books coming out at the minute and they're they're maybe 50 60 pages long but your yours is a a a big wedge of a buck um to to dip into so so congratulations on 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 getting that out but also you know you know congratulations for turning it into a, a kind of wider you know thing as well because i um you you produce um videos for youtube um and they also transfer over to a podcast as well don't they yeah i am um, yes actually yes so there are two you know the thing you about primary education will have a, a video form yeah and uh, an audio form you know which is on you know your usual podcast providers and um, basically it's because you know I think most people seem to be listening on the go but yeah. we do things like we have a tier list where i'll ask people to rank you know, different ideas based on their opinions, you know, yeah. just for a bit of fun. And and like I said, because we're recording on Zoom, you know, you can just sort of stick in there, you know, both files just as easily. And, you know, that, that's really kind of been said about the book. And it, it's essentially the sum of 10 years of being a maths lead. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm having this conversation so many times. I think this might be useful for other people to read. Yeah. You know? And I think it's been, it's been quite well received. And But you're right. There are a lot of pamphlets sent about now. And I think that's really useful. You know, things like the principles of instruction have been, um, you know, they're really easily accessible. Yeah. People can take their craft on the next bit. Um, but this is almost like, um, I think teachers can dip in and out depending on which bits of their practice they want to focus on, you know, whether it be models and images, yeah. whether it be their instruction 
you know yeah that's 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 how i that's how i saw it as a kind of a uh an an instruction manual sort of if that if that makes sense where you know you you need to look something it's almost like an encyclopedia of of mathematical ideas you need you need to look up something so you look at a certain point um you know like you say you're looking up mathematical model modeling so you look at that particular section so rather than reading it from you know from cover to cover you you dip in and out of the little bits which is actually really useful um for for anyone who's who's looking to improve certain aspects of of what they're doing and um, so yeah well done really well done with that i will i try and make sure that i put links to um to your own podcast and like you say that's available on um most uh podcast formats anyway so where people get their podcasts from you can listen to it and download it from there um and you have a youtube channel as well is that correct yeah that's just, that's just the same title as the book so it's thinking deeply about primary mathematics excellent stuff i will make sure that people get signposted to that right now for the really important bit of the interview we've talked about the the boring stuff everyone who comes everyone who comes on to the to the show gets the opportunity to have a go at the impossibly difficult question game and the rules are very very simple you will have 60 seconds to answer as many impossibly difficult questions as you like um you're not allowed to pass anything you have to give me an answer um and that's about it to be honest with you so do you understand the rules yes looking forward to it are you i was just about to say are you happy to to take part in the game can't wait. <laughs> um, we have one person currently on one point, uh, and every single other person is in joint second place with zero. So, you know, you've got a really good chance with this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let me find my timer. Okay. Are you ready to give this a go? Yeah. Okay. Your 60 seconds starts now here we go in the first round of the 1994-1995 series of university challenge what was the total combined losing score 285 oh they did a bit better than that it was 1485 <laughs> okay um as the crow flies in miles how far is it from belfast to bradford 300 miles. Oh, you overcooked that one. It's only 177.7. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what? I was surprised by that. I'm not going to waste your time. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, okay, here's a question for you. What are Isaac Newton's two birthdays? The 1st of January and the 22nd of August. <laughs> you know, have you got any dates for that? Have you got a date as well? Just to... Oh, um, oh, when was he? 1600, 1678, and 1679. <laughs> Do you know what? You're, you're not too far off with them, actually. Um, his, one of his official birthdays is the 25th of December, uh, 1642. So you weren't too far off there. Um, but his other birthday is the 4th of January, 1643. Uh, and that all comes down to the uh, the changeover between the Julian and the Gregorian calendar, I believe it is. Um, so some, nice. I think people like to talk about him being born on Christmas Day, but actually, officially, his birthday is the 4th of January. Uh, your 60 seconds is up, but I've got one more question for you. So here we go. What is the name of the founder of Lego? Uh, Hans Christensen. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> do you realize how close you are with that? This is no. like like how ridiculously close you are. His name is Ole Kirk Christiansen. 
but I'm not going to give it to you because it has to be perfect. So you've scored a grand total of zero points. <laughs> but I got to say that was an absolutely outstanding guess uh, using some some uh, geographical logic. I had to ask you that question because I've been making so much Lego. I think since we've been there. Uh, since we've been uh, in lockdown and had not many things to do, um, my boy has really gotten into his Lego. So we've 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 had uh, Minecraft Lego, we've had Super Mario Lego. If you if you get on that, that is absolutely outstanding. So you scored a grand total of zero, um, but I will give you an honourable mention for the surname of Christiansen. That was superb logic. So you are sitting uh, delightfully in second place with most other people. So congratulations there. <laughs> so i have run out of things to ask you so thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me on the podcast today it's been a real pleasure having you here oh thanks andy yeah it's been, it's been brilliant being here too thank you <laughs> um and like i said i will try and make sure that i get some links for people to click on or follow or whatever for your own podcast and your own youtube channel so thank you very much thank you and thank you once again to my guest, Kieran Mackle. You can find Kieran over on Twitter at Kieran underscore M underscore Ed. So please, if you don't give him a follow, head over to Twitter and give him a follow. Um, and if you get the chance as well, um, make sure you check out his own podcast, which is Thinking Deeply About Primary Education. And if you're interested in primary mathematics, then absolutely get a copy of his book, Thinking Deeply About Primary Mathematics. This just leaves me with one final thing to say, and that is my predictions for the next round of University Challenge. Now, I've had to change things up a little bit. I've actually managed to have a few wins myself recently, so I'm going to change my composer. My composer this time is going to be Stravinsky. I'm going to stick with some of Kieran's ideas, and I'm going to go... My second guess is going to be Gillingham. My third guess is going to be the number three, and my bonus is going to be Raynham. It's time for me to sign off, so thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you once again to everyone who has supported the Claxton game through uh, buying me a coffee or just taking part and shouting about the game. Thank you very much. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, uh, then you can find me over on Twitch and drop me a message at Andy Keegan or at Enjoyably Futile. If you would like to sponsor an episode, then please email me using the email address enjoyablyfutile at gmail.com. Thank you once again for taking the time to listen. Have a great couple of weeks and I'll see you soon. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Enjoyably Futile podcast written and hosted by Andrew Keegan with a theme tune composed by Benjamin Dolan.